So Money Episode 225, John Stein. You're listening to So Money with award-winning money guru, Farnoosh Karabi. Each day, get a 30-minute dose of financial inspiration from the world's top business minds, authors, influencers, and from Farnoosh herself. Looking for ways to save on gas or double your double coupons? Sorry, you're in the wrong place. Seeking profound ways to live a richer, happier life? Welcome to So Money. Hey, So Money fans, welcome back. I'm your host, Farnoosh Tarabi. Great episode for you today. You know, in my Ask Farnoosh episodes, which air on Saturdays and Sundays, I often get questions about uh, financial advisors. You ask me, how do I know if I'm ready to work with one? How much do they cost? Is it worth it? And I also receive a number of questions about the growing market of robo-advisors or online advisors that claim to offer more affordable financial planning. With robo-advisors, you don't get to meet with an advisor one-on-one, but you receive a virtual plan that addresses your goals. And then these companies go on to invest your money uh, according to that plan. And many people are participating, particularly people like us, millennials, Gen Xers, uh, they, we may not have millions in the bank, but we have some money, a little bit of money, and we'd like to make sure that that is being invested smartly and properly. So uh, there is this marketplace and there's a lot of confusion around it too. Like, okay, does it really work? Is it a smarter way to invest necessarily? And because of this confusion, I've decided to invite today's guest, co-founder and CEO of Betterment, John Stein. Betterment launched in 2008, and as the company says, it's a smarter, automated investing service that provides optimized returns for individual IRA, Roth IRA, and rollover 401k accounts. And through diversification, automated rebalancing, better behavior, and lower fees, Betterment customers can expect 4.3% higher returns than a typical do-it-yourself investor. So it's significantly cheaper than a traditional account. It's free to sign up for Betterment. And as your account balance grows, so does your monthly fee. But I tell you, it's significantly cheaper than a traditional account fee. Now back to John, he comes from a background in financial services, which is actually why he was compelled to start Betterment because he thought there was a real misunderstanding, void, lack of trust in the financial services industry. And he is a graduate of Harvard and the Columbia Business School. Three takeaways from our interview with John. Why Betterment? You know, why not work with a financial advisor like I do? What the naysayers say about Betterment and its cookie cutter model of robo advising. And John's biggest money mistake, I believe this is the mistake that involved Enron. Remember Enron? Lots to discuss. Here is today's guest, John Stein. John Stein, welcome to So Money. Excited to have you on the show. Thanks for joining. Great to be here. Thanks, Farnoosh. You are the CEO of Betterment, which I have to say, I'm really excited to share this company and and its mission with our listeners, as many of listeners have been writing in, asking questions about how do I get the financial help that I need? I I understand there's all these websites and robo-advisories and et cetera. And so I thought, who better to really interview than Betterment, which is a leader in this space of uh, online financial services. You have over a hundred thousand clients. You have assets under management of two and a half billion. But perhaps more importantly, your target audience is the so money audience, aspirational young adults who are 
careful and mindful about their spending and their investing, and they know that they need help. They just don't know who to trust. Let's talk about trust first, John. Uh, I find that since maybe 2007, 2008, there's been a lot of disruption in the, the market of trust as far as how the millennials are seeing it. You know, they don't maybe trust how money has been managed previously, where you go to a bank or you go to a financial advisor and they put your money into all these different accounts and then they are expected to retire well uh, at 65. There's been some skepticism that's been brewing over the past several years, I think partly because of the market crash. And then also they're just, you know, there's been a lot of bad news. So where does Betterment arrive at, at this place where now we have a, a, an entire generation that it doesn't know who to trust? I have the same feeling. I don't trust financial services companies. I used to work on Wall Street. I, I worked for many of the country's largest banks as a consultant. And I found that in my work with them, they very rarely thought of their customers or what was in their customers' best interests. It was, it was uh, the last consideration if they even did think about it. And it's for good reason that people don't don't trust financial services because, uh, in my experience, they they have reason to to, to question uh, those those uh, those companies' intentions. I, there's been it's been too long, uh, and there's too much money made, um, uh, and people uh, and so the, the the financial services companies have have started to neglect. Uh, their customers. And all of these reasons, the experiences that I had on, on the inside, uh, my own experiences as a consumer and having trouble uh, managing my, my finances in, a, in, a, uh, in, a, in an intelligent way, given the tools that were available, all of these experiences led me to found Betterment. And I started it uh, from a place of customer alignment. So we are a fiduciary advisor. Uh, fiduciary means that we are uh, legally required to act in our customers' best interests. Uh, and it's a great thing. And most Americans don't have access to a fiduciary advisor. Maybe less than a percent actually have, have a fiduciary advisor today. And it tends to be the, the wealthiest folks. Um, but with Betterment, we have made fiduciary advice accessible to everyone for the first time ever. And, uh, and we're providing advice uh, from a from a standpoint of what's in the best interest of the customer and making that kind of advice available to everyone. And I think that's a really revolutionary idea and something that will become more and more popular as, as people figure out just how important it is what, what, what we're doing. And walk me through Betterment. Let's say I'm a potential client. I'm 20-something, 30-something years old. I have, I think what's great is too, I don't need a lot of money to get started at Betterment. I don't need really any money. I mean, you're pretty, you're trying to really democratize the financial services industry, which is great. Uh, but what would be like kind of the first experience for somebody who is a client at Betterment? Customers come to, to Betterment most often at the recommendation of a friend or a family member. And they tell us about their goals. And those goals can be things like, I want to save for retirement is the most common one, or I want to save for a down payment on a house, or I'm saving for my kid's college, or I'm saving to just build wealth. Whatever your goals are, we look at those and we look at the time horizon to those goals. And then we make recommendations for you about how much you should be saving, 
uh, about what your portfolio should be, how you should invest the money, what accounts you should uh, be investing in. And not only do we make those recommendations, we then execute on those. If, if you give us the go ahead, we will go ahead and create the right accounts. We'll, we'll create the right uh, portfolio mix in each of those accounts. We will uh, start an auto deposit for you into those accounts to make sure that you're on track to your goal. And over time, we will uh, we'll report to you whether you're on track uh, so you have true peace of mind. We'll monitor the account for uh, tax and cost efficiency. So we take care of things like tax loss harvesting and we avoid wash sales and all the kinds of tricky tax things that nobody pays attention to but can end up costing you a lot in taxes. We take care of for you. So we do all the burden of, of, uh, of, of investing for you and give you great advice uh, so that you can just uh, go back to doing the things that you enjoy most in life. I was reading about you, Betterment, John Stein and Betterment and other uh, players in this space, similar to Betterment on money.com. And I think it was a pretty, uh, it was a pretty supportive piece. Money can tend to be pretty critical, especially money is a very traditional magazine. Their audience is very traditional, but yet they seem to really understand and appreciate what you're trying to accomplish. One Perhaps piece of criticism, although I don't know if it's really been proven, is that, you know, this idea of working with a robo advisor as opposed to one on one with a financial advisor is that you're getting a relatively cookie cutter plan, which I don't know if that's even such a bad thing. Um, what, what do you say to that when people say, oh, you're just getting kind of a, you know, just this very template plan for your, for your investment? Uh, portfolio, which, you know, is, is not the one-on-one -on -one care that you would get working with a, with a financial advisor. I think people conflate things. I mean, yes, there's not a, uh, a sit down conversation with, uh, an advisor, but that doesn't say anything about the quality of the advice from our service. You get a totally personalized portfolio that's appropriate for you. There's 75 million American investors. And there's 75 million unique plans available at Betterment. Everyone has something that's customized to them, to their life, to their income, to their goals. And, uh, and so it is completely personalized. And beyond that, we're doing more than most advisors to optimize that portfolio for you. So if you're in New York, you get New York muni bonds. If you're in California, you get California muni bonds. It's, it's, it's personalized to your location. If you... Uh, uh, if you're, if you're saving in an IRA, we'll, we'll manage your taxes across your IRA and your taxable accounts. Most advisors don't have the time to do this for you. They, they, you know, they might, uh, they might know it's a good idea if, if they're good advisors, but for, uh, for what most people can pay their advisors, the advisor doesn't have time to go and do those kinds of things. You're actually getting a lot better, more personalized service with Betterment than you do through, um, through sort of a, a generic, um, uh, you know, a, a generic financial plan from somewhere else. Now, there are great advisors out there. And I, I, I want to um, stress that uh, we work with a lot of great advisors yes. on the government institutional side. Well, and, and actually, I met an advisor this weekend at Podcast Movement, Sophia Barrow, who runs Gen Y Planning. She'll be on the show later this month. She works with Betterment. She says, look, I'm a financial planner. I do a lot of things outside of investing as well for my clients. But when it comes to the investment portion of the, 
of the uh, relationship, I outsource that to Betterment because I think they do a great a, a great job. So in, there are opportunities to even synergize with planners out there, as you say you already are doing. Sophia is a great example of uh, of a great advisor who's who's taking care of her her clients in a holistic way. She's thinking about their uh, their life goals. She's helping them set those up within Betterment. And then uh, delegating the asset management and the investment piece to, to Betterment. And that's a great approach for, for many investors. So now, John, tell us about your background. How did you get in this industry? Was this something that you've always been passionate about? Can you be passionate about finance <laughs> from an early age? Or is this something that you just kind of found yourself in and, and the opportunities were, were there for grabbing? I'm, I'm passionate about people and helping people uh, make better decisions. And I'm passionate about efficiency and helping people get the most out of things. So my, my, my interests lie at that intersection of, of economics and, and behavior or uh, efficiency in people, said, said in another way, uh, to help people make the most of what they have in life. And betterment is a natural outgrowth of, of those passions. I, I've never been passionate about finance itself. It's just that I found financial services frustrating. I have a CFA. I happen to know a lot about financial services. And I found this to be a place where given my experience and my background, I could, uh, I could provide a lot of value to people. And so I've, I've invested and, and, uh, and made my, my career here. What's your financial philosophy if you had one? My financial philosophy is to uh, invest early, um, uh, as, as early as you can, uh, and to, uh, to automate as much as you can. We as, as investors, uh, or, or as, as humans, I, I should say, are not very well equipped to think about the long term. 30 years from now, we're just not evolved to think about what, what happens 30 years from now. We, we, we're, we're pretty good at thinking about what happens tomorrow and maybe a week from now, but long time horizons are, are beyond us. And the idea of, of investing over uh, uh, you know, 30 years or 50 years or whatever it is to retirement uh, is something that, uh, that we really do better to outsource to technology um, that can help us deal with these long time horizons and, um, and these these problems that we're just not, not very uh, adept at, at grappling with. And at Betterment, you really help people with the short, medium, and long-term planning. That it, This idea that you're just going to be helping people with retirement is not the case. And actually, talk about smart deposit. That's something that I recently read that you're introducing to your clients. I think is brilliant. Smart deposit's a really exciting new feature that helps you to keep a target balance in your savings account and to move the rest into betterment, to invest that money and to put it to work. A lot of people wonder how they can save more and how they can uh, avoid having money just sitting around in, in their bank account uh, and then wanting to spend that money. And Smart Deposit helps to automatically sweep some of that excess cash away uh, and, uh, and to put it to work for your goals, uh, to put you on track to, to reaching those goals faster without you having to do anything about it. So it's, it's a, as we were talking about, it's a good way of using automation uh, to become more hands-off and to manage your entire, financial, your entire financial picture more holistically and intelligently. John, take us back to when you were growing up. I'm curious to learn about your exposure to the financial world at a young age and if there was a memory that you have 
that you sh that you remember uh, that was pivotal, that was a real uh, teachable moment, lesson for you? What was it? Where were you? What did you learn? <laughs> so there's I've had a lot of uh, uh, experiences, I guess, uh, through the years. When I was really young, I didn't know a lot about about finance. I mean, nobody does. I remember my parents uh, and, and grandparents for years talking at, at Christmas time about how they wanted to uh, to to get me Disney stock one year, and they said this for a, for a few years in a row, and I never did get the the Disney stock. They said they were going to give that to me as a Christmas present, but it got me thinking about stock. It got me looking in the newspaper and reading. Uh, the financial pages just to see how the Disney stock had done, even though I didn't own it. And, uh, and so I was curious about it and I was excited about the idea of studying, uh, uh, economics at, at some point and trying to better understand what, what finance was about. It wasn't until, uh, you know, I, I studied economics as, as an undergrad and, uh, and, and, and then, uh, it was after I graduated, I, I started investing. And I had uh, some uh, some some good bets, but I made some bad bets. I I bought Enron on on the way down, which was like a, a terrible stock. Oh to, dear! To, oh god! And, and I and I realized, you know, that although on the whole I was doing fine, I was subject to the same kind of behavioral biases and um, and, and short term thinking that I'd read about in school in my economics and, and behavioral classes. And, and I, you know, I, you know, maybe I thought I was smarter than everybody else. And I realized in practice, I wasn't. And, uh, and, and then I looked around, I looked at the tools that I was using to invest. And I saw that all of them were encouraging me to trade and to do the wrong kinds of things. They were encouraging me to buy individual stocks. They were encouraging me to, um, uh, to, to revisit my portfolio and read some research and think about making changes. And that's exactly the wrong thing for people to be doing. And, uh, and I knew that, but I'd fallen prey to it nonetheless. And so I thought, why isn't anyone building a product that's that's better for people, that really gives the right advice from the start? And I saw the reason why was, and I saw that reason through my work with the financial services companies, that they just weren't thinking about their customers. They weren't thinking about what was in the best interest of those customers. And it seemed obvious to me that somebody should build a company that did that. Uh, and everyone said that's a bad idea. Everyone said that's going to be a really difficult thing to build. Uh, and I was dumb enough uh, not to listen to everyone. And, uh, and, and that's, that's how we got started. Uh, along the way, you've had probably some great moments with your money. So many moments, as we say on the show. What's one? And why was it special? Wow. Um, you know, I think I've been I've been very lucky in life. Um, we've we've obviously had some uh, some 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 tough times and, and some great times. Um, but if I think about uh, you know a, a, a financial win for for me, um, it was when we uh, when we first raised money for Betterment. We had bootstrapped for a while. Um, we'd, we'd put in a little bit of friends and, and family money to kind of get the business off the ground. And, uh, you know, my co-founder and I weren't paying ourselves salaries. We were, we were really, really bootstrapping. And then, uh, we, we launched at TechCrunch Disrupt. We got a lot of attention and, uh, and investors starting paying attention to us. And that fall, we raised, uh, we raised a series A. Uh, and I remember saying, you know, maybe we'll raise a million dollars. And the investors came back and said, well, million dollars is fine. How about you raise $3 million? Uh, and it just seemed like so much money to me. Uh, and we'd worked for, for so long, uh, bootstrapping and, and just making 
making everything so efficient and, uh, and automating all of our work so that we could, could scrape by without hiring people and, and so on. Such an incredible thing to get that validation and that, and that first check uh, and watching the, the check hit our bank account was such an exciting thing. Uh, it took a lot of work to get there. Uh, it took years uh, to, to get to that point. Uh, and, and we've had a lot more work since. Uh, that's, it wasn't the end, obviously. It was just, uh, just a starting point. But, uh, but that, was, that was a really exciting money moment for me. The, the, the fintech space is really, and I don't want to say crowded, because I, I think some really quality, outstanding products and services have been born out of this, uh, this market and this need for um, more accessible and lower cost financial products. And I've had many of the CEOs on this show. But at the same time, there's only limited investment dollars. So how do you get in front of an investor? Just kind of give me, give us some, some behind the scenes if you, if you could just uh, a, a few pointers on how to really make the, the best case possible to earn yourself the, the startup capital. If there is a listener on this show, who's got a great idea, whether it's in the business space, money space, or any other space, how do you get an investor to write you a check? Yeah. I- what I would start with is making it real. The advice that I often give to founders is make it real as quickly as possible. So whatever that idea is, you can talk to people about it. You can, you can describe it. And, uh, and people are going to say, as they said to me, yeah, that's a, that's an interesting idea. Uh, great. Good, good, good luck with it. <laughs> um, You've got to make it real. You've got to you've got to build it. You've got to get it to a point where you can put it in people's hands and they can touch and feel it and see how it works and understand that there's real traction. So, for instance, you might uh, you might build a website. You might build a mock-up of of, of what you're working on to to show to people. You might just do something as simple as uh, make business cards and get an office and, and make it real. And as you, as you go through uh, the motions of, of really building out the, the business that you're talking about, s- sooner or later you'll have a real business. And then you've got something that people can get comfortable with and, and invest in. Okay, John, let's talk about failure. Failure is important, right? We, need, we learn from failure. And in your experience, what is a financial failure? Because even John Stein, CEO of Betterment, can make missteps, right? We're all guilty of and vulnerable to uh, financial regrets. What's one failure or regret? doesn't have to be catastrophic, but something that you look back with a little bit of a, oh, geez, I can't believe I did that. But it was a, it was a good lesson learned. Maybe it was investing in Enron as it was <laughs> heading south. But that whole time in my life I look back on is, you know, what was I thinking? Why was I spent? I spent, uh, you know, several hours a week reading the reading the financial pages and kind of tracking stocks and watching my investments and doing doing my research. And I just think that's crazy. I, I can't believe that I spent time doing that. What a waste. I could have been outside, you know, <laughs> enjoying things. Um, I uh, when, when I when I think about the future, I think that the idea of managing our own money will someday seem as, as crazy as doing our own dental surgery. It's just not, it's not something people should be doing. And the reason is um, the, uh, the, the, the financial industry, and here I'm really talking about trading and investing in these kinds of things. The financial services industry is, is just, it's got us outgunned. As retail investors, we don't stand a chance at buying individual stocks and outperforming 
the market when you've got people who spend their entire careers and have all kinds of technology built um, to uh, to take the other side of every trade that that you might want to that you might want to enter into. Things weren't as bad ten years ago when or fifteen years ago when I was doing this, but um, uh, but but today uh, you really don't stand a chance. The only thing, the only smart thing to do is to buy an index fund to to try to manage your costs and your taxes to a minimum, uh, and to do that through a service, an automated service like Betterment, and we are the best at this. Uh, that will manage it for you in an intelligent way. It's really, it's crazy to do anything else. Man, you must be really pissing off some financial advisors and also more important, more specifically, I would say traders, you know, day, people who, uh, portfolio managers, you know, I, when I, before I picked my financial advisor, I met with a few people and one particular person decided that to impress me, they were going to show how they, um, all the activity that they were going to do in my investment portfolio, day in and day out, all the research, the, the buying and the selling and this and that. And I ultimately was like, that's just not what I care about. And I also, that's probably not really worth my money or my time. And yet there are so many people who believe in that, in the way, in that system, not only the people who are working in that industry, but the people who are their clients what has what has been their reaction to Betterment? Tell us a little bit about the uglier side of this <laughs> of growing this business, and maybe some of the negative threats you've gotten, or or just some of the backlash from those particular uh, people. Because I would I would think it's you're really stepping on their territory. You're right, and you're smart to to see through that and to say that's not what I need. And I I think a lot of people these days are getting wise to that game. It's, uh, it's increasingly difficult, uh, for the, the old stock picking industry to, uh, to, to make a living because people are getting wise to it and, and people are realizing that there's not, not a lot of value in, in that game and there's not, uh, and, and they're, they're, they're being sold something that, that's, um, that's, that's not real. So I think, uh, it's not, they're having a hard time. And yes, uh, there's, there's been some, some backlash, uh, against folks like us, but I also think there's just a broad general recognition in society that, uh, that, that we're right. Uh, and, uh, and, and there's, uh, we, we may not be the ones who initiated the decline of, of that industry. We're certainly providing a great alternative, uh, and providing a place for those assets to go as, as they flow out of active management and toward, uh, you know, more long-term, uh, more, more thoughtful tax managed, uh, in investing, it's going to continue. And I think that, the the, in the existing industry has, there, there's some strong vested interests there. Uh, there's a lot of profitability in, in churning people's accounts and there's, um, uh, and there's, there's, there's profits in selling the idea of, of outperformance. Uh, but, uh, but the, the long-term trend that, that we are a part of is, is moving away from that. And, uh, and, and I think we've got, uh, I think we've got, uh, uh, research and evidence, um, and, and history on, on our side. Yeah. I'd say 120 plus thousand customers is, uh, is good evidence. How much is it, by the way, I didn't even ask you this in the beginning, but how, what is the financial commitment for somebody who is a Betterment client? There's no minimum. Anyone can sign up for, for a Betterment account. And we have that policy so that anyone can try this. Any, anyone can check it out. 
Um, we encourage people to deposit at least $100 a month. Um, our average customer today keeps over $25,000 with us, uh, but, but there's no minimum to, uh, to get started. And we have customers with uh, over $10 million with us. We've got customers uh, who are just starting out. So it's a broad variety of people who are using Betterment. What is your number one money habit, John? Do you have, well, I, I can already guess you're, you know, you're big into automation, you're big into passive investing, <laughs> but perhaps yeah. from a daily standpoint or from a, um, I don't know, just from a habit practice standpoint, what's something that you do consciously to keep your money where it needs to be? I, uh, I tend to, to save money all the time. I'm always thinking about efficiency. I'm always thinking about not, not spending on things. I, I rarely go shopping and so on. And, and I guess that way, uh, I, I keep my, my bills down and I'm able to, uh, enjoy something bigger or, or, uh, you know, uh, make a splurge on something if, if I, uh, if, if I want, because my, my general cost of living is so low. Uh, I, you know, although I live in New York city, um, I spend in, and I have a family and, and, and everything here. Um, I, I've, I've kept my budget very, very tight. And that, I think that lets me be happier because, um, you know, when you, when you, uh, can live efficiently and, uh, and frugally, uh, you can enjoy those, those occasional, uh, vacations or, or special things all the more, uh, than if you live a kind of excessive life. Yes, absolutely. We actually just ran a series of millionaires next door on this show. And for absolutely a common thread is that these are people who, yes, they're earning good incomes, but they're extremely conscious about how they're spending and saving and investing. Uh, they're not cheap, but they're mindful about how they're, um, about their consumption. And I think that's a good takeaway for everybody. Ready yeah. for some so money fill in the blanks, John? This is the part of the show where I start a sentence and you finish it. First thing that comes to your mind. Great. I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> if I won the lottery tomorrow, let's say someone dropped off a bag full of cash, $100 million on your doorstep. First thing I would do is? Invested in Betterment. <laughs> oh, well, so the second, thing I, second thing I would do is? <laughs> um. Uh, I would watch it grow. <laughs> All right. Oh my God. Party at John's house. Um, <laughs> the one thing that I, and you can't, this, this answer cannot be betterment. The one thing okay. that I spend my money on that makes my life easier or better is. Uh, vacations. I love, I love to take a good trip with, uh, with my family. Are you like a beach kind of guy or exploring the city, climbing mountains? What, what's your ideal vacation? Beach is great in, in the summertime. It's nice to take a, take a weekend, but I think I'd get sick of it after, you know, if I spent more than a, than a long weekend at the beach. So for a longer vacation, I like to go and explore some new place. So in the last couple of years, uh, I went to Japan, uh, uh, I went to, to Switzerland, we went to, um, uh, to Turkey. Uh, so I've taken my family to, to some exciting spots. One splurge that I indulge myself in, um, you know, your biggest guilty pleasure is? Maybe food. Uh, I, I have, I, I certainly like good food. I don't, I try not to spend too much on this. We, we eat most, most nights I eat at home and, and we cook, but, uh, but I really appreciate a, a great meal, especially, especially seafood. Where's the good place to get a, a good seafood dinner? And you're in, you're in the Bay area, right? 
Oh, we're, we're in New York City. Oh, I'm you're in New York. York. Why yeah. do you think you're in the Bay Area? Did you ever? <laughs> maybe. I, well, maybe because we're, we're such a, a tech-driven company yeah. and, and there's a lot. Huh. And, I like and, you even more. I like you even more. I, I really think I read an article where they mentioned that this was a San Francisco startup, but maybe I've read so many articles by now, I, they're all uh, confusing me. But thanks for correcting that, and I do like you more because of it. <laughs> My uh, favorite, Steve, maybe, uh, maybe, maybe lobster uh, on, on, on Cape Cod in the summer. Mm, that's a, that's oh, yeah. If you can get on the island, it's so crowded. Right. Okay, one thing I wish I had known about money growing up is? Oh, wow. Um, one thing I wish I'd known about money growing up is, uh, is, uh, how, uh, important it is to, to, to save early. That's the, that's the biggest thing that I think most people neglect. Um, it's just so like the power of compounding is so powerful. Um, that if you save in your twenties, it's twice as effective as when you if as if you save in your thirties, and that's twice as effective as if you save in your forties. Right. And the result of all of that is any dollar you save in your twenties is something like eight times more effective than a dollar you save in in your fifties. Oh my gosh! Uh, it's a it's a pretty remarkable thing. Yeah, we say it a lot on the show. Just start. Doesn't you don't need a lot of money, but the power of compounding interest will help you if you just start with something. And when I donate money, I like to give to blank because I love to give to uh, to, to friends uh, and and family who are you know sponsoring causes, running for things, you know, uh, raising money for something. I feel like it's such a nice way to kind of support your friends and support the causes that they believe in at the same time. And last but not least, I'm John Stein. I'm so money because. <laughs> So money because I talk about money all day long. <laughs> <laughs> you are literally, literally so money because you it just doesn't stop. And uh, well, thank you so much, John. Like I said, I really mean everything I said in the beginning. So happy to have you on the show. I think this is going to be a great episode for our listeners. Real educational uh, interview. And I hope everybody checks out Betterment. Um, and thank you for all the great work that you're doing. Awesome. Thanks. It's great to talk with you. Really appreciate uh, uh, all the, the kind things that you said um, and uh, uh, hope your, your listeners get some, some, some helpful tips out of it. That's a wrap. If you want to learn more about John Stein or Betterment, head over to bettermintment.com. John's on Twitter at John Stein. And of course, you've got all this info at somoneypodcast.com along with the transcript. And if you would like to submit a question for Ask Farnoosh, submit your question over at somoneypodcast.com. Just click on Ask Farnoosh. And there's a very good chance that I will answer your question this weekend. And as a reminder, if you'd like to win a free 15-minute money session with me, just hop on iTunes and leave a review for this show. Every Saturday, I pick one new reviewer to get a free 15-minute money blitz with me. So looking forward to seeing those reviews, guys. Thanks so much to everybody who has left reviews. They've been immensely helpful, put a smile on my face every day, and hopefully some of us will connect. Thanks again to my guest, John Stein, and to you for tuning in. Hope you have a So Money week. <laughs>